Hi, this is Angie Meadows. And this is Josh. And this is The Rock of Recovery. Today we are on principle number 11. Detachment means emotionally separate myself from the problem. Hmm. So if I become my problem, Josh, my problem's pretty big. (laughs) Takes over a lot of real estate in my mind. Yeah. Okay. Kick us off with the introduction. This is simple, but not easy. Immaturity soaks up the emotions around me and mirrors them back. As I mature emotionally, I can feel my own emotions and let others feel their own. I can change the things I can and release the things I cannot change and purpose to enjoy my day. Hmm, like a city whose walls are broken down is a man who lacks self-control. Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight. So I want to be able to have an internal space inside of myself that's mature enough to own my own spirit, to have my self-control of what I will think and how long I'll think it, uh, what self-pity I'll indulge, and oh, there it is. I feel it, but mm, it's not coming to stay. I I ain't letting it hang out. Does that make sense? Yes. (laughs) Because if not, I will be immature. It'll take over my day. It will uh, consume me until I get on a loop, and it's all I can think about. And now I'm pretty broke. Hmm. So let's look at the lesson, emotional separation. This is easy, but not simple. Do I have my own identity, or is my identity wrapped up in another? So I want to have my identity in Christ and who He says I am. Uh, if I, my identity is flipped, if you grump at me today, or you gripe at me, or you're not happy with me, and now I'm in a tailspin, I, I need to go back and I need to think, okay, why did that person have so much power over me when they're just having a bad day and it probably had nothing to do with me? Yes. <laughs> so I want you to own your own identity and I want you to start thinking about who has the power to flip me and how long does that happen? Because when it happens, now I can't even comfort the person in front of me. It's all about me. Yeah. <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, so next one. Immaturity soaks up the emotions of others around us. And mirrors them back. If another is angry, can I refuse to be angry in response? Yeah. So what? there's a verse in Proverbs that says, a soft answer turns away wrath. And I've tried to practice that a lot. And, and if uh, the fellow that's across the street that's mentally ill is angry, sometimes I'll say, are you hungry? <laughs> and that soft answer is just enough to stop his wrath. Well, um, that's no fair. You just know them way to a man's heart. I do. <laughs> Their food, belly. I yes. do have some extra food. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and a lot of times he hasn't eaten and he hasn't taken that's his real. meds. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just sometimes just offering somebody a soft answer and not indulging that anger. But I've watched him. If people will indulge him, he's even angrier. It ramps him up, and mm-hmm. he's he, he's ready to roll. <laughs> Next one. Can I distinguish between my emotions and the emotions of others? Yeah. So sometimes I can uh, get near people and I can feel their emotions, but it's very important for me not to take that with me. And, And a lot of times I feel it. Like I feel darkness and I know that they're depressed. I feel, um, I feel anguish and suffering and i know that there's a relapse coming right around the corner because you know i just prayed for six or eight people and i didn't feel anything like that and then all of a sudden i get to this one and i'm like you're gonna have to fight to live Mm -hmm. you're gonna have to fight and um 
And I've learned to recognize uh, if I if I stand next to someone and it's cold, I'm like, ah, you're you're not saved, are you? Are you are you, are you saved? And they're like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I know exactly what we got to do now. I've been praying over them for weeks. Well, they're not going to be able to receive it if they're not saved. Their hearts aren't going to be. Their spirits aren't going to be alive. Their hearts aren't going to be open. Next one. Am I controlled emotionally? Do others manipulate my decisions with tears, anger, and depression? Now, if there's a person in active addiction, they're going to be emotionally manipulating because that's the immature behaviors that they use to flip you. That's real. Yeah. So next one. Am I too empathetic? Do I rescue others from consequences of their poor choices? So I need to think long term. What is best if I let my loved one sit in jail? Uh, if I let him go to prison, is that something that's going to give him some space where he can think about his choices, where he can make a different path? Uh, can I go to the judge and say, hey, can we get him in this rehab for eight, nine months? You know, can we do something different, but still hold them accountable so that there is consequences to their choices? But if I get really em- empathetic and I go um, pay an attorney $10,000 to get him out of it, yeah they didn't learn nothing yeah for the first time ever i I told my brother not too long ago i hope the cuffs find him you know what i mean wow and the and you would think that's mercy that's mercy for real instead of the grave the cuffs Mm -hmm. Uh it might help somebody let him go to jail yeah for real and sometimes that's that's where their choices are taking them and the ones that i work with they often tell me that that's what straightened them up was probation parole prison you know that's what straightened them up that's what had them sit long enough so that the drugs and alcohol did not have the power over them anymore it's what it's what it took for me you know what i mean i get that 20 some years of addiction it's what it took wow plus i just got tired of being tired you know what i mean next one how can i harden my heart against smiling embezzlers and coercive manipulators this is not cold it is honorable self-preservation yeah so i mean like if you go back every day and do the same thing and they're not assuming responsibility to make different decisions how much are we helping them yeah 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 Yep. Kill so, them really. Wait, well, you're right, because we're making them comfortable in their misery. Yep. <laughs> so right. ruling my own emotions is shutting out the nonsense around me. And I cannot stop my enabling. I cannot stop my um, my little sympathy girl that gets ramped up if I'm not giving them back their responsibilities and shutting down my emotions. So a lot of times, Josh, we move in and rescue because we're hurting to watch them hurt. So I have to mature to the place that I realize that their hurting is good and not bad. Number one. Maturity recognizes the emotion and feels it intensely and then releases it quickly so yeah you go to al you go to celebrate recovery you go to different aa groups you go to um counselors you go to sponsors you go to support groups and you find places safe places where you can talk things out and you can be comforted and you can find a community that can hold your pain because a lot of times you go to your friends in your family or your friends from school well, they've never dealt with this so you don't feel comfort comfort comforted at the end of it instead you feel rejected mm-hmm. so you got to get to places where people understand what you're going through because they've gone through it and now they've got some comfort for you number two 
This takes quieting myself to reflect on my day with mature observational skills and observing my emotions. Study your emotions and identify when and why they change. Yeah, so if you can get a a feelings word list, now if I can put a word with my feeling, it's less likely to have power over me. If I can say, hey, are you frustrated? All of a sudden they're like, yeah, I'm a little frustrated. Well, it didn't have anything to do with me. It has to do with the fact they can't figure out what else they're, you know, what they're doing that's that's what are their tasks. And then I'm not taking it personally. So sometimes just naming that emotion, Josh, is exactly what I need to do. Number mm-hmm. three. This takes allowing myself space to meditate and reflect. And a lot of times that emotion started when I was 10 and I was falsely accused or when I was 12 and this trauma happened. And now, you know, it's an abandonment wound. But now as an adult, something happens and that wound gets kicked up, but it's loud. It's like it's on steroids. So I've... I can name it, it loses its power. Um, It brings it down to size where it's not this gigantic thing I'm facing. Because as a child, I was very helpless. But as an adult, I'm not. So when things are, emotions are really loud, I want you to understand that that's immaturity. Uh, Name that emotion, figure out when it first started, and start moving it. Start releasing it and letting it heal and working on the opposite. Like if I'm very fearful, I want to work on courage. I want to work on practicing courage. Okay, number four. Maturity practices releasing the negative emotions that cause me suffering. So anything that's causing me suffering, I want to pull it up and I want to look at it, decide, if, is, it, is it my responsibility? Is it my problem? Do I need to go back and make restitution? Do I need to say I'm sorry? Or do I just need to release it? Can I learn from this? Yeah. And what then, can I yeah. learn from this? How can I stay out of this again? Yes. Otherwise, I'm going to be right back here. Yes. <laughs> For the lasting recovery, an enabler must see straight through the pretense of themselves and of anyone who's in front of them with substance use disorder. Ruling my emotions is the key to enjoying my day. So, Josh, I find that people relapse emotionally before they relapse chemically. That's correct. And I find that alcoholics that are sober have alcoholic behaviors of a manipulation, blame shifting, accusing, uh, flipping your words. If they didn't work on their emotions, they're yes. still very they're sober, yes. but they're not. Yeah, they're, they're not spiritually sober. They're, they're not, not emotionally yeah. sober. So there's a lot of recovery that cannot be done until we start getting emotionally sober. So name the emotionally manipulative people, places, or circumstances that you need to avoid. Name what those triggers are and what kind of things trigger you. And you'll know because all of a sudden you want to flip into a rage. You'll know. So healthy separation, what does that look like? Healthy separation is refusing to think, act on, or be involved in the things that are none of my business. What things am I entangled in that are none of my business? There is a healthy separation from adult children, a launching them into independent living to care for themselves and to solve their own problems. Yeah, if I don't let my adult children uh, solve their own problems, they they will think they only they always need mommy. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get calls all the time. <laughs> I love that where it says it's none of my business. Some of the things I try to mm. entangle myself in is none of my business, and that's so true. Most of the things that we get in trouble for is because we put ourselves in situations that it's none of my business. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I give myself a few questions. 
are they asking for my help? Yeah. Um, do I have have I had the relationship with them? Do I have I developed that relationship with them that they can hear me mm-hmm. when I talk to them? Because a lot of times, if I have not developed a relationship with them. It's coming back at me. Yeah. <laughs> they can't hear me anyway. Yeah. So let's look at how to ad- launch our adult children or the ad- other adults in your life that are immature. Number one, there are eight of these. Number one. I may listen, counsel, and give advice. Number two. I may give warnings of potential pitfalls ahead if they continue to the path they are on. Number three. I may do research and help them look at options. Number four. I must see their problems as theirs. Not mine. I am not their (laughs) fixer-upper. Okay. (laughs) Talking to myself. Number five. I may may make deadlines and gradually add more boundaries and give the adult recovery from substance use disorder more responsibilities. Yeah. Gradually disentangle if it's a um, recovery and not active addiction sometimes when it's active addiction you have to disentangle instantly to save yourself number six i may not manipulate with emotions money or approval i have seen enablers do this all right you do that i'll get you new tires (laughs) that's just manipulation on the backwards number seven withdrawal of support will follow irresponsible choices that's not manipulation it is consequences to their choices. Yeah, a lot of people, um, I've heard them say, oh, you're just trying to control me. And it's like, no, I'm putting up a boundary. Yeah. yeah I'm putting up a boundary. This is this is where the line is. Yeah. Get back over here. You go that way, you go alone. And it's okay to tell them that, and it's okay to back up. And then let them know that when you come back this way, I'm right here, but I'm not going that road with you. Number eight. I may trust them to find their own path in life. I am on their side. I know they can do it. Oh, that's amazing. Just to let them know you're on their side. You can do this. You can grow up. You can mature. You can. I have total confidence that you can find the answer to this problem. And a lot of times they don't need to find the answer if they've got enablers in their life, if they've got people, rescuers and people that's going to usurp any consequence that comes their way. And also they have not developed self-control. So I find in my life, Josh, that if there's an area of my life where I lack self-control, I need to develop discipline. Yes. I need to make myself a list. I need to set down in my journaling, and I need to say, okay, I lack discipline. Let's just say it's with food. What am I going to do? And then I start writing down everything I eat, and then I start measuring it out, and then I start uh, spacing it out. Okay, I'm not going to eat every hour. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna wait until this time to eat, and then I'm gonna make sure that what I'm eating is healthy. And of course, I'm gonna allow myself one little junky thing a day, but it's gonna be. 10 chips and not a half a bag. Does it make sense? I'm going to pull 10 chips out of that bag, whatever that serving size is, and I'm going to put it up. So then I'm I'm developing self-control in the little things. And Luke 16, 10 says, he that is faithful in the least can be faithful in the much. So self-control is part of that fruit of the Spirit, and I need to practice it, and I need to set up disciplines, and that's a dirty word for some people. I think it's the like, most <laughs> awesomest word there is. It's got to be. Otherwise, Discipline is like, so important to yeah. life. It is something I skipped over for 40 years, and now I believe it is like – 
it is the fruit of life. You know what I mean? It I, is. I can't trust my emotions. Yeah, you're I right. have to. But if I've got principles in place that I will get in my knees at six a.m. Yeah. No, no Bible, no breakfast. <clears throat> yeah, there no, you go. No prayer, no bed. You yeah. know, if I can get these things established in my life, then I'm I. I've got a place that I can land every day to remind me of who I am and what I will and will not do. Yeah. So let's look at the actions in response to dangerous behavior. So if you've got somebody that you've taken into your home, somebody you dearly love, and they're doing some dangerous things, here are some boundaries that you could apply. Number one, there are 10 of these. I will call probation officers if lying, stealing, or substance use returns. Number two. I will arrange for an arrest if I know they are driving while intoxicated. Mm, I've been known to do that. Uh, meet me at that gas station. I'll, yeah. I'll fill your car with gas, but I know they're full-blown. Yeah. <laughs> full-blown intoxicated. Then if I can at least get them that gas station, I can interrupt their driving down the road that way. Number yeah. three. I will arrange for an arrest. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Number three. I will give them a, addresses to homeless shelters if they are disrespectful to me and live in my home. Number four. I will call the police and place a protective order against them if they threaten me. Number five. I will not allow them to drive my car if they are irresponsible with their own, their choices. Number six. I will call protective services if I know of a child abuse or neglect. Hmm. These are heavy consequences, aren't yeah. they? You just keep thinking, okay, they'll just they'll just next tomorrow they'll be different next week they'll be different but yeah. you know if it's just gone on for a while they're not going to be different no they're not you got to protect the innocent number yeah. seven if they have money to eat out buy cigarettes and movies they have money for their bills number eight i will not loan them money if previous loans are unpaid number nine i will not bail them out of jail number 10 i will not pay for an attorney coddling leads to a life of suffering and dependency. So it's on me if I'm coddling somebody else to perpetuate their dependency and add to their suffering yeah. because they're not going to learn. Right. And so then they're just going to keep coming back. And now they're not going to be trusting in God. They're not going to be praying to God. They're just going to be looking to me. So you're going to be the one that rescues me. And instead, at some point, you have to stop. Well, actually, you are rescuing them if you put them in jail for some of them things. There you go. While That's a good high, way to look at it. While they're high, they don't even realize that they're taking a chance with life. So mm. you are rescuing them. Oh, and we're losing we're losing them one right after the oh, other. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it, this is devastating. Yeah. Um, we've we've lost several in just the last three or four weeks. Yeah, um, we have. And it's just nonsense. It's it's just maddening. It's like wow. Yeah. And and we can see it coming because there we can hear the emotional relapse. Yeah. We can hear the love for heroin. Oh, I love alcohol. Yeah. Alcohol was my friend. Yeah. You can hear it coming, or there's just a lot of passive recovery yeah. where they're not working a program and they're just following along. Yeah. So we must develop tough love and stop being part of the problem here. So what's the application? The boundaries to consider with those in active substance use disorder. Number one. Abusive calls will result in being blocked for one week. Number two. Thefts or manipulation will result in one month of no contact. Number three. Intoxication of being high around me or the children will result in six months or one year of no contact. Number four. Threats of violence will result in protective order. What consequences will you give your loved ones who violate your boundaries? Now, in order for me to set up boundaries, Josh, I must have power. Yeah. 
So if you don't have the power and you're living with abusive people, then I want you to stop focusing on trying to fix them and focus on how to make yourself financially independent so you have other choices. That's real, yeah. Yeah, so if I had, if you had all the finances in the world, what choice would you make? Yeah. What would you choose to stay there yeah. with somebody abusing you and abusing your children? Yeah, probably not. No. So you're going to have to start empowering yourself to make some different choices by financially empowering yourself. And, and there's some hurdles to jump through there to be able to do that. And I also find um, that this all or nothing that we do with our family members when they just cause us so much suffering we just cut them off we're like we're done mm-hmm. you know they're out there they're they're feeling even more abandoned even more rejected even more unloved and they're condemning themselves and so i'm i'm not really sure that all or nothing is of the lord i i just feel like we need to back up give them some space and then move back in are you ready yet here's a phone number are you ready yet here's yeah. detox are you ready yet i did some research to find some good rehabs you know here here's here let's get on the bus go down and check that one out you know and they're not going to do it today but maybe tomorrow it'll be a bad, cold, rainy, wet day, and they can do it. And if you reach out to them, make sure it's a rainy day. (laughs) Make sure that it's that if you hear that they've overdosed, then that's probably a good time to say, hey, you ready? You ready? Um, So what are your options? Line out anything that's even distasteful. It may take looking at your situation from all sides to find a viable change. I often say it's uh, stinky option number one and stinkier option number two. There's no good options. And so we just end up being complacent and we just sit there thinking we got no options. So you do have options. They just are not, um, they're distasteful. You know, going to that domestic violence shelter, going to that rehab, uh, going to that food pantry, they're, they're distasteful. They're humbling. Uh, they're what you do when you go look for help. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're not ready to look for help, you're probably not going to go. But they are there. They are available. You do have always have choices. Uh, so don't pin yourself in and say, oh, I don't have any choice. I have to stay. I don't have any money. That's not true. You can go to a domestic violence shelter. They can help you start getting uh, public housing, uh, food stamps, um, uh, even grant money to get education, to get a certificate so that you can get a job that can provide for you and your children. So let's look at this principle again. Detachment means emotionally separate myself from the problem. Yeah, so if I'm all wrapped up in my problem, I have no energy to move forward. Conclusion. Your boundaries can only be enforced by you. If you are not in a place of safety, work on safety and stability first. If you are not in a place of power, work on empowering yourself to achieve financial independence. Sometimes our lives were so chaotic, there are no good options. All of our options seemed distasteful sometimes we must take a step backwards into a distasteful distasteful option to find a path forward so a lot of times they're like oh i relapsed they're going to make me go back and repeat the whole program well sometimes you can go back and just do 30 days and then i hear them say but i don't want to lose my job if i lose my job i have to start all over i'm going to lose this this and this and i'm like Okay, but you know, if you don't, you may lose your life. And you know, four days later, the poor kid was dead. Yeah. And it's like, but if you would have just went back and repeated the 30 days, they would have probably saved your job. If not, there would have been another job. It was literally a, a, wait, a waitress job. Yeah. So you, you got to realize that sometimes a step backwards is the step forward. Yeah. 
Pray us out of here, Josh. Lord, help me to separate myself from intense emotions concerning other people and their abuse towards me. Give me the ability to develop accountability in my life to do what is best for myself first. Help me to be compelled to empower someone else to stay in an unhealthy lifestyle. Lord, help me learn safe boundaries and give me the power to enforce them. Father, we just want to come to you and tell you we love you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Amen and amen. Lord, help us to detach from those things that are causing us great suffering and attach to you. And that is the Rocker Recovery. That was lesson number 11. And we'll see you next time.